I am unashamed. What about you? What is it, October the 26th? According to my calendar, oh, yes, it's I, October the 26th. I'm glad I came here today. So October can, the 26th, Jason, you know. realize <clears throat> that on November the 20th, that's uh, 24 days, duck season officially begins. So I've looked at our hole. It's a little wet from teal season, but not a lot of water there. So... When's the, when's the, when's the zero? I've got the pumps sitting there. I wouldn't pump. Yeah. 250 gallons of diesel and a tank beside it. I like to, I'll I'll monitor that. It is unusually dry for Louisiana this time of year. Pretty dry. But I think our best years have been on dry years. So I'm happy about that. Me too. My biggest problem about the upcoming duck season is no, I didn't know. I didn't even know we were still in October. I didn't know what day it was. (laughs) I just, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, well, I, know, I you, appreciate you were, that. You, you're at the you, when you get about midway, you're you're in your mid you're in your you 50 yet? No, Phil, I'm 40. 40? Uh, 46. <laughs> 46. Yeah. Is that true? No, it's not true. He's, How old he's 52. <laughs> are you kidding? 52. Jace, you are 52 years old, man. Look. My wife wonders why I have trouble keeping up with special occasions. I mean, in our family. No big deal. Well, look, next year, Willie will be 50, so then three of your sons will be over 50. Good. Nice. What I was going to say is... And I'm closer to 60. Back to the, the situation. Used to, I'll just do what I wanted to do. But now, <laughs> since you're in your 50s, you get, you're able to put in your, your two cents worth. Yeah. When would you... How far in advance would oh, you like what? to have water on God, the duck hole? And figure out what you have for breakfast this morning. <laughs> Oh, I, she brought some of that stuff. <laughs> Gee whiz. They may have to edit Town. out these belches. Just leave oh, yeah. a couple yeah, in. A lot of that stuff, yeah, it'll, it'll stay with you a week. Phil <laughs> said, so I was like, what, what did you eat? He's like, oh, she brought that from town. Yeah, what a description! Uh, that I town mean, food, I tell you, that didn't come out of Miss <laughs> Kay's kitchen. Yeah. That I'm burp. town food to make you melt. Before you talk about it, worse than that. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is, my, my oldest son, his wife is expecting, and do you know when the the due date is? Do you know? No, because what's that got to do with opening day of duck season? Well, I don't know the exact date, but what I happens, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> okay, let's move on. It's it's <clears throat> in the middle of the first split. Ooh. So send my... them a little text in the blind saying, Good luck to you. Congratulations. <laughs> see, this is why I don't seek yeah. out your advice that's for exactly. family matters. That's exactly Jason, right. no, when you I'm... first started to have children, was mm. I standing there holding your hand and saying, Jace? You've got a child no. now. I, I I said, wait a minute here. No. I said, that's li- at life. When that was happening, my wife was whispering in my ears, like, where's your dad? <laughs> I said, he's with us in spirit. She yeah. said, but he's still alive. I said, yeah, I know. Well, and that, that carried on a tradition because the, the way the story is told, you were running a net or a trot line or something, and Sai hollers down from the bank, hey, Kay's heading to the hospital to have have your son. What do you want to name him? Name him after you. No, what he said was, Miss Case can have that baby. And my reply was, I'm out in the river baiting up a trot line. Yeah. 
I looked back up at the bank. I said, well, what do you want me to do about it? I said, I can't so help loving, her. Phil, so well, loving. I can't help her. I mean, she's in there with some doctor. So I, I sent some frustration. He said, what do you want to name him? I said, name him after you. So he tore out of there, you know, and said, Jason right. Silas. <clears throat> Jason Silas, he is. So, so what I'm hoping is a hunt opening weekend and we have a good hunt. Cause you know that, is it open on the 20th? Yeah. And okay. then I get the call on like the 23rd or something, you know, and I go yeah. up there and we'll have Thanksgiving up there probably. Oh, it's so, in, uh, in, it'll be in Nashville area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got you. I may find me a creek, you know. Yeah. I wonder if there's any, you don't think about it out. We've been at this chasing these ducks. We've been at this. I mean, literally for the last 50 years. I mean, we, we are like, into it oh yeah it's a it's a it's a big event around here well and you know the evolution of it has been amazing because when we first moved down here we obviously had nothing i mean you were just coming out of the world and we were you know we did we were able to get our place down here which was seven acres which has always been special to all of us because me and jace grew up there but you know, so we we public hunted. I mean, we hunted creeks and the river and wherever we could hunt for so many years. Well, back then, you could hunt property that was at yours. It didn't seem like that big a deal. Yeah. But now, it's that's really out. tough, right? Yeah, that's you exactly can't right. do that. They passed a new law. Now, you the landowner owns from the from the ground and to the to the heavens. There's an yeah. invisible line there. Your property line. So if water floods all everything, if somebody can get on your Normally dry ground, now it's all water. Because in the old days, you could you, you could hunt it. If yeah, you, you went by it. a navigable waterway into it. Yeah, they changed that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, they should have changed it. Because, yeah. I, I, you know, I remember hunting. I could see the man's house over there. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, the flood year. You yeah. Know? yeah, that's right. He come out there. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, check the law and get back with me. Yeah, I remember old farmer one time, me and Bill, hunting down the river. We found that little old cypress pond down there. But it was he owned all the land around it. But we were we were going off the navigable waterways, but then we didn't know there was a law that if you owned everything around it, you could Well, that's the law they changed. You couldn't step foot on it, but you could still oh. hunt out of your boat. Right. So but we shoot Oh, y'all were y'all were getting out of your boat? Well, the, we shot a duck and it fell on the bank. Oh, well, that's when you get a dog. Well, we didn't have a dog. Chase, <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned at the beginning, we were poor. We couldn't yeah. afford it. So Jace, I know you love hunting dogs, so you have a choice. Either Mimi the little female starts hunting with us, or Drew, one of my cousins over in Kettle Paris. We got old Drew. It sound it rhymes with blue. So, well, and so I is Drew a blue. Per- Drew is a person. <clears throat> Drew is my dog. Oh, okay. Two he dogs. Said he was your cousin. I just two dogs have been trained <laughs> by expert going trainers. To dog or well, I got Biggin. I'll take the person. If Biggin's better than your dogs. Let's take Biggin. <laughs> Yeah, we left Biggin out of the choices. Well, we'll we'll try one of them the first day <laughs> if we want to. We don't have time. Yeah, I I'd think, say you have a little trial to see yeah. you know who does what. Yeah, I, that's what we'll do. A we'll have a we'll have a dog. It'll be the, so. When would you like to see? It's t- October twenty sixth. That we haven't started pumping, and there's been no rain. It's been if dry. It don't rain in the next five days. I would put water on. I start putting water on November first. That's what November I said. November first. I'll fire it up. November first. Water's coming. And we'll see what this rain does tomorrow. It's supposed to rain 100%, so we'll see. So speaking of November, uh, since we're here, I'm going to be, Lisa and I are going to be in Lodi, California, on November 4th, and Stockton, California, November 5th. So you can go to our website to get details. For Back that. in Lodi again. Back in Lodi. 
<clears throat> and then we're going to be in Austin, Texas, speaking on November 9th. Hmm. Uh, actually in Burnett, Texas. I got some friends down there. I'll tell yeah. them they're coming. So it's uh, I, I had to mention it on here because I told you last time I was in Massachusetts, the guy comes up, he said, yeah, I just, I just heard on the podcast today, I'm like three days behind and here I am. I was like, well, good. And so I met a lot of people that listen to us. I mean, they're all over the place. It's, you know, California, oh, yeah. Massachusetts, everywhere. I usually don't publicize <laughs> where I'm going to be. Yeah. But you just, you like to go on the radar. No, it's because they're packed. So <laughs> well, where are you going to sit? <laughs> well, I never know if it's yeah. sold out or not. But I just, if we're going to be there. So if you can get in. Yeah, I mean, there. I did that one time and everybody, you know, yeah, right. they showed up. It's like, what did you announce it for? Yeah. I was like, well, I thought we might want them to come. They were like, no, that's why we didn't want you to announce it because they might come. <laughs> so it was kind of a weird. <laughs> We don't have enough. You're in an awkward position. Well, but. right. So you got to be careful, I guess, with that. I guess but, so. I mean, in California, look, I say more the merrier. Exactly right. Oh, man, we had a we were out there a few months ago, and, man, it was a fantastic crowd. I mean, they were so excited to be there. And, of course, they've been such locked down. You know, it was the first time they'd had a gathering in over a year and a half in that county was the one we were at. So there was, I mean, it was packed. Well, I've told it. you, it's the big cities that give a lot of the rural areas, you know. I mean, when we did that event there, the little tour field in California, it was awesome. Oh, we yeah. duck hunted there. <clears throat> oh, yeah. We that's why on. I was telling y'all, when I was in Greece, <clears throat> I think that's why these politicians are, are after this socialistic agenda. It's because I saw what happened there. <laughs> It shut down the rural areas. Whatever they did, there's nobody out there. It's ghost towns. So, and you know that the the big urban cities tend to lean to the left, and then the rural areas lean right. Well, I'm looking at a country where they weeded out the rural areas. There are no rural areas. It's, so, a, it's a sad day. So I thought, well, maybe that's what's pushing that agenda because no they've seen other countries do that and they think well if we just get rid of all the rural areas then we could win every year well what's interesting is what's the the big lie about it in our you know cultural politics is that these people will claim they're for the middle class they're for these families that are around <laughs> these but they're not it's this is a big fat lie yeah. if you're pushing socialism or you're, you're heading down that direction you don't care about middle class people no in, in any of these Rust Belt states, you're only interested in the big cities because that's the people that are voting for you. So you're right. I mean, but that's, I mean, I'm I'm like you know that movie. I've been to a town like when Phil says that. <laughs> big towns make me nervous. Yeah. I, I like to see woods and water and live off the land. And if you want a garden, plant it. You can't have a garden in in these big cities mm. unless you're like the one I saw in this Taiwan. They had a bunch of taxis they couldn't use because of the pandemic. So it was like a field full of taxi cabs. And so they had planted gardens on top of all the taxi, taxi cabs. So it was like a square top garden. So it was like taxi cabs and then the gardens on top of the taxi cabs. I thought, man, that's 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 recycling at its best. Like something out of a Mad Max movie. <laughs> it looked like something out of a Mad Max movie, which is kind of crazy. Y'all ready to get back into Matthew? Well, I think we left off in, in 15, but you got to remember in Matthew 5, I think he set the precedent for for dealing with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. You know, they had this issue come up about they're not washing their hands, and then he 
boldly and sternly got down into their hearts and how you think and make decisions. But when he said that in on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, when he said, don't think I've come to abolish the law of the prophets, I've come I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. That was in verse 17. Yeah. Of course, we know, reading later on what he was in, going to introduce through his death, burial, and resurrection, he was going to introduce love. But, you know, when he got to verse 20 of chapter 5, he said that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the law, teachers of the law, you will certainly never enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. So I think that's the big lacking virtue here was love. That's why when you see a person healed on the Sabbath, the Pharisee, the Pharisee mind says, you broke, you broke a rule. And the mind of Christ has compassion and love and realize what the rules were intended to produce. And if it doesn't produce love, and mean a hell of beans anyway. Well, and I talked about that in my sermon Sunday that, you know, Jesus made the point, Mark describes it in Mark 2, that this situation where he healed the guy on the Sabbath, he said, Jesus said the, the Sabbath, you know, was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, and, and Jesus is saying that as God who created the concept of the Sabbath, the concept was you need some rest. You don't need to just be working all the time. Well, that was the concept. But I think too, as men, you know, when you hear the word love, you don't, it's like my wife, she wants to watch a, what I would call a chick flick or a love story. I'm like, oh, but that's not the type of love we're talking about. When you read the definition of love, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, I mean, it's all the things that when I came to Jesus, I did not possess. It's patient, it's kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, it doesn't delight in evil, it rejoices with the truth, it always protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres, never fails. Well, none of these qualities did I possess when I came to Jesus. None. So when you when you think he's trying to get you to love, you gotta keep in your mind it's all these daily qualities that you interact with people especially the relationships you're closest to, but that trickles down into the whole, whole world. Right. I mean, it's just hard to, hard to do, and you're not going to do it on your own. You're definitely not going to do it trying to follow a bunch of rules and traditions. Right. It, those qualities are not going to come out of that. Correct. Let's take a break. Jace, I bet you didn't know that even an okay credit score can cost you a hundred grand over the life of a 30-year loan. I didn't know that. You learned something new today. That's why you should use ScoreMaster before you apply for any loan. ScoreMaster can take your credit score from okay to great, and the good news is it does it fast. The average user adds 61 points in 20 days or less, so that's adding 61 points, which is going to save you thousands of dollars if you have to get a home loan. So this just it's, it makes sense for you know the way rates are figured. So you want to be able to check these guys out before you go to get a loan. Go to scoremaster.com. You're going to add points to your credit score. You're going to do that quickly. It only takes minutes to enroll. See your points, get more points, and qualify for the lowest loan rates out there. Here's what you do, Jace. Go to scoremaster.com slash fill. That's scoremaster.com slash fill to get started and lower your rates. I'm going to tell Cy because he's famous for okay. (laughs) 
and I think the at the core of it, Jay's the the whole problem with the disbelief was if you really believed he was who he said he was, then whatever he said, whether that differed with your understanding of law or anything else, you would say, Oh, okay, I got it. Because you're the one who made it. So you're the one now telling us this is what it's all about. I mean, whatever yeah. Jesus said was what what it was. I mean, that was the fulfillment of the law. Well, so. they thought the goal was to keep the law, and Jesus came up with a goal that love is the goal. Exactly. And they're like, what? <laughs> That's right. But if he had said that, they wouldn't have got it, so he, he basically showed it to them, which is why this next story. But didn't you get the concept, though, Jace, the idea that these people were not very loving? I mean— you kind of feel it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, cause he, remember he challenged me, he said, you, you say this about washing your hands, but you don't honor your father and mother. He runs through this whole list. Well, so it's to a- me, once you had the woman in John eight and you're going to stone her, not because she was being immoral because you're trying to prove a point in a religious argument yeah. that you're not the son of God and who you, you're using this as a trap. But a you, woman's you, life hangs you, in the yeah, balance. Yeah. What about this woman here? Well, they obviously didn't care about her because she was a, a floozy. She, she was trash. Um, well, yeah. It just nothing but trash. Or in, any of these other scenarios where Jesus comes up and he keeps coming up to people that seem to either have fallen through the crack of society, or they've been abused, mm. looked over. I mean, the woman like that was unclean yeah. with the theme of Matthew 15 because she had some kind of disease, you know, some bleeding disorder. And so they're like, she's out. We can't touch her. And, you know, here's Jesus. Well, I think it was 12 years. Yeah. And not only did he allow her to do that, but he embraced her and he healed her. And I mean, well, you know, these guys didn't have the most loving of attitudes whenever they couldn't defend their position. <clears throat> and they couldn't figure out how he was doing what he was doing. And so it said, then they plotted to kill him. Well, that's that's a pretty big leap from I'm yeah. not sure he is who he says he is to let's kill him. I mean, yeah. that shows you right there. They didn't care about people. I mean, I get it. When you're, I mean, like us, we were talking earlier. I mean, when you're famous, you tend to draw a crowd. But sometimes you look around and you're like, well, this is. This is a pretty rough crowd. Some crowd. This is a smelly crowd. <laughs> this is a, I mean, you just realize how many people there are on the earth, but I think only in Jesus yeah. do you learn how to love everybody. And that every person matters. Yep, and no matter how diff- <coughs> no matter how difficult it is, it's never easy. And it's just it's not easy. So we talked about this next section days before we came on air today, and it's it really is it's kind of one of those kind of weird stories stuck in the middle of all these other things. And there've been a yes. few others like that, you know, like the- this one's really weird. And if you read commentaries about it, I'll just sum up what they're, what they're saying. They don't know. <laughs> that's right. They don't know. Yeah. And that's why I brought up this idea of love, because to me, that's the answer. The reason the way this story goes seems bizarre to a lot of scholars because he hasn't really opened up, even though he's had a few interactions with Gentiles, well, he's always in love. And if you, you put all the Gentile interactions together in all the Gospels, I mean, there's quite a few. So he's done this, but they were exceptions. Right. He came to that which is his own, 
which was the Jewish nation. That was the initial push. But then later we know that he was going to open this up for everybody when the Holy Spirit was was poured out. I mean, he died for everybody, Jew or Gentile, and he brings all people together, no matter race, creed, color, whatever you want to, difference you want to gender. No favoritism. No favoritism. But the way the story went, he left that place <laughs> and he withdrew to the region, region of Tyre and Sidon, which is very unusual because th- I think there's only two or three other times that he left mm-hmm. the Jewish-controlled land. Right. So now why he does that here, he obviously wanted to do this to make a point. So that makes makes me feel like this is more purposeful than it seems. Well, and I think because Matthew, remember, Matthew is putting together how, what, what goes in what order. And he had just come off talking about how the, the Pharisees were talking about, you know, if your hands are unclean, that makes you unclean by what you eat. And Jesus kept talking about the heart. So maybe Matthew put this particular story here in response to that. I don't know. Cause maybe, but the I mean, this is a long is ways to go no matter where it was placed. Right. I mean, when you do the math on how far this was, this was way away from yep. anywhere he normally traveled. But he had been under a lot of attack, too. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, remember we said every time he faces, now they're complaining, they're griping. So, so all that may play into that. Which is so crazy about his character because most people, when they become a king in people's eyes, they enjoy that. You right. just think about how we nickname people the king. I mean, there's a lot. You got the king of basketball, you know, LeBron James. Yeah. He's the king of rock and roll, Elvis. I mean, everybody becomes a king at some point in whatever <laughs> thing we're doing. But they like the attention yeah. and and the and being crowd. Recognized yeah, as- I mean they don't go off to where nobody knows except maybe for a couple of days. And they come back and like, hey, the king is back. <laughs> but Jesus, he didn't want to be an earthly king. No. He didn't want that. That wasn't why that he was here. Frivolous. Because we we laugh at if people see us and they're oh we are famous and take a picture, but it's kind of embarrassing to us because we're well what, what are we? But but we learned that, you know, I think I would hope from Jesus that earthly fame is one of the most fleeting things fleeting. that you could po- why pursue that. <clears throat> That's right. I mean, so and they call it the joke. The joke is the 15 minutes because, you know. That's about mm-hmm. usually what has about how long it lasts. Oh, 15 oh yeah. Minutes. Shaquille O'Neal said it best. Who? They come up and said somebody had said something, you know, about him or whatever, and he went, Who? (laughs) And so they rephrased the question, and he went, Who? (laughs) His point was, I don't don't know who that is, and I don't care. And Shaq is really a smart person, too. That's seriously. After a while, everybody got it. He was saying, you may think he's bigger than he is, but I, I don't I know, know who that is. is, and I don't care. I'm not answering that question. <laughs> so, but you have to feel the same way about yourself. Right. I mean, where's that Roman says nobody should think of themselves more, more highly than, than they are. I usually that's usually the first verse I read in a at an event. Yeah. Of course, people laugh because they think I'm joking. I'm not joking because <laughs> I'm thinking what I want you people to do right now, right off the bat, is lower your expectations because <laughs> I'm standing here. That's right. <laughs> you don't want high expectations. It's like seeing a movie that everybody says is great. You'll never like it. 
because it just it was too much hype. Yeah, it's funny you're right because anytime I stand before an audience, my feeling is not that oh it's about time you got me here. I'm thinking I'm super humbled to yeah. even have the opportunity to be standing in front of a group of people. I mean, there's nothing special about me. You know, I was humbled that someone asked me and said, "Hey, we're going to organize an yeah, event. Want you to like, come speak to really? us?" Really? Like, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I'll come. You know, good point. Yeah. But I think Jesus showed that you know, in the way he carried himself. I mean, he was a humble king. Hang on, before you read that, let's take a break. So one thing I think we can agree on from our study of Matthew and just our own experiences is that people are messy. You know, when you're when you're working with folks, you're working with, you know, people that just have a lot of issues. And that's just human nature, right? I mean, that's what happens. That's why we're doing what we're doing on the podcast. So sometimes people have to be able to get some good advice and some good counsel. And one of our sponsors uh, is a group called Faithful Counseling. And I really like these guys because they're opening up opportunity for people to find really good Christian counseling that may live in a place where they don't know where to find it. Because it's not always easy to find you know, we our church is, has a you know counseling center associated with it, but a lot of places don't. So if uh, you're having some issues and depression, stress, relationship stuff, uh, these are folks that can help you, uh, and they're available. You know, twenty four seven, three thousand U.S. licensed therapists spread out across fifty states. Uh, they can really help you. It's available worldwide. You can do it, you know, on your phone, computer, whatever. It's secure. It's convenient. It's professional. Uh, so give these guys a shot, um, faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. You're going to get 10% off your first month uh, just by being one of our listeners. So that's faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. Fill out a questionnaire. They'll assess your needs and match you with a great counselor. Faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. So he goes way off into the Gentile world, and a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, which is is an ironic phrase to use because she's definitely read the Old Testament from the Jewish culture. She wouldn't have said son of David, but she also addressed him as Lord, which is what his whole mission to get his disciples to do, which they haven't done yet by as as a whole. She said, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Now, here's where the reason this story gets controversial. Maybe that's a terrible word, but where people don't understand what was going on because Jesus didn't answer a word, nothing. Now, I've always viewed this as a powerful thing is that Jesus also, the reason he's a different kind of king than most people is he listens. There's other stories where he just, he listens. Which you, when you think about our relationship with him as we go through life, that's a really good quality that he's willing to listen. Most leaders or most people who think of themselves as king, just ask them something. Trust me, you're never they they'll they'll tell you every philosophy there is. Right. And so he he doesn't say a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, "Well, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us." So not only did he not respond, now the disciples are like, well, she's annoying. Yeah, somebody shut her up. Shut her up. This is one of these EGRs, what we call EGRs. Mm-hmm. That's extra grace required to love this person. So they're like, <laughs> send them out. 
That's the best method. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. So, which is what I said. His first mission was to save those, the Jews from, from Israel. Of course, then you ask yourself, but well, what's he doing here? His actions, remember what he said earlier in Matthew 11, wisdom's proved right by his action. But he's in the Gentile world having this conversation. So the woman came and knelt before him. Lord, the second time she's called him Lord, help me, she said. He replied, so now he's talking. It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs, which was kind of a slam. <laughs> you know? Borderline. <coughs> Borderline. I don't, I don't know. that that Because she probably didn't exactly know what he meant by that, but she might have. But then, look, here's the third time. Yes, Lord. The third time she called him Lord. She said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Boy, was that the right answer. That was it. <laughs> that was the one. Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. <laughs> I don't know. Tell You tell me. <laughs> It's just one of these little incidental happenings that gives you a little insight with anybody. Yeah, we're going to start with the Jews and then preach this message. Don't stop at the Gentile world. <clears throat> just preach to the Jews. Tell them the kingdom is here. The kingdom is near. Repent. You know, he told his disciples, don't, don't stop at the Gentile world. Go, to, go first to the children of Israel. So that was the format. But it shows you, even then, he didn't make a rule of it. He was flexible enough to say, you know what, girl, you got a lot of faith. And he just, it was one of these moments, and it seems kind of strange, but it shows you he didn't say, I won't help you if you're a Gentile at this point. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, Because he did die for everybody. He did. So Go my, first to try to convince the Jews. I think that's why he was here. I think that he allowed it to play out. And, yeah, and exactly. he knew, he knew. Because this is a statement would, saying, by the way, uh, he said, check us out. It's for everybody. Right. I think he knew she would come through. Nobody excluded. Which, so, so my take is that I think this whole section, before we get to Matthew 16. If your agenda, <clears throat> if your agenda, well, there was a built-in prejudice about it, but he, well, he's not going to help us. You know, he keeps going to the Jews. He's not going to us. Jesus, no, he shouldn't think like that. Right. It's for everybody. It is, but he definitely had an order in place that he was going to, how this was going to play out. But yeah. I, this whole section, in my opinion, has been about building up the faith of, of the 12 yeah. to get them ready for what's about to you happen. you got to remember dealing with Gentiles in that world. I mean, and, and they they had been watching the Jews for 1,500 years operate under the law of Moses. Let's face it, the old rank Gentiles, they weren't, there weren't many rules with them, Al. It was just dog eat dog. I mean, a wicked bunch. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, they and they were told to keep away from them for that very reason. Yeah. So I think he's he's signaling through this what happens here to his own 12 that there's going to come a time where everybody, this gospel is going to go out. Because remember, well, that's, Pete, that's, Peter's watching it. Peter eventually is going to have to be almost forced 
to go see Cornelius. And that's the next chapter on why the whole question is, because Jesus asked him, hey, uh, by the way, who do they say I am? Who do they say I am? He's trying to establish the fact he's the Savior of the world, and he asked him a question, but that question, you know, about Peter getting the keys to the kingdom and and being the same as the church of Christ, his body on the earth, the kingdom of God, that's all brought together in Matthew 16. And then the shocker of shocks, by the way, from that time on, from that time on, he began to explain that he must go to Jerusalem and die, be suffer all this stuff from the chief priest, teacher, the same ones he's arguing with, they're going to kill me. And, but three days I'll rise from the dead. So all that's leading up. And this girl just happened to be somebody out there in the middle of nowhere. But and, remember, remember, he had just had the experience with the Pharisees where they questioned about the washing of your hands, and then they got offended and they left. Remember, because the disciples said... If anybody said, should have been offended, it should have been this woman. Well, that's my point. My point yeah. is... And it shows you what all... He was sharper even, with her than he was... With well, he basically called her a dog. That's well, right. and it shows you well, these little caveats that come up while he was on the earth. It shows you that he didn't have, like, an agenda that could not be broken. He he, he was there for everybody. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's something to be said about exceptions. And, and, but I think it was done in love. And I really think he knew she was so humble that she was unoffendable, which is a place we all need to be. Exactly. And just think if if our world was unoffendable, like this woman, she didn't take take any you know offense that he described her situation for what it was. He was yeah. being truthful. Yeah. I mean, these are splinter offs. These were they, they had right. allowed terrible things. Yep. Idolatry. Just happenstance had to run up on this little girl. But this woman, she had a heart. She she called Jason's right. She called but Matthew him, recorded it for a reason. She called him Lord three times. You know that was better than most had done up until oh. this point. And 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 took no offense and said, "Yeah, even the crumbs will be good for me." Yeah, I'm a yeah. dog. You're right, but I'll take the crumbs. And he's yeah. like, "All right, this is the kind of heart I'm looking for." Right. I mean, which I mean, is which made it powerful. It's kind of like I mean, we lump all rednecks together, but she was kind of saying, "Hey, I am who I am." Well, most know, people right. in our culture, once he brought up the dog statement, they're gone. <laughs> they go. They're like, <laughs> "So who do you think you are?" There. <laughs> yep. But remember, remember what her purpose was. Let's uh, let's take a break. Nothing much better than some good old American beef. Unfortunately, I found out from one of our sponsors, Good Ranchers, that about 80% of the grass-fed beef sold in the U.S. is imported from overseas. I did not know that. But because it's processed here, it winds up being approved and all that. So I like going with a company where I know the beef is American just because I'm American. Uh, (laughs) And so that's what Good Ranchers does. Uh, And they do it in a great, convenient way that also saves you some money. Because uh, you're going to get steakhouse quality at a price that every family can afford. They got T bones, fillets, strips, gourmet burgers. They got better than organic chicken. Here's what you want to do check these guys out. Go to goodranchers.com. You can buy something from them there, or you can subscribe and save 20% off of each box of their meats. Subscribing brings the cost down to less than $5 a meal. So right now you get an additional $20 off and free express shipping if you go to goodranchers.com/slash fill 
or use the code Phil at checkout. That's $20 off free express shipping at goodranchers.com slash Phil. Check them out. Her purpose was to get the demon out of her daughter. Exactly, which made her desperate. And I think that's the whole point here. You know, you, there has to be desperation and brokenness when you come to Jesus. And you, you've got to, when he, he started this thing off saying, blessed are the poor in spirit and those who mourn. And uh, what's the, what was the third one? Uh, the meek. Yeah, the meek. Yeah. Well, all those qualities she's exhibiting. And those yeah. who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Mm, yeah. Her daughter has a demon here. She, she's doing those qualities That's and right. it, it comes back to that. And guess what? It worked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. and, and look, I don't take for granted that she called him Lord three times. I mean, when you get to the book of Corinthians and you say, what was the problem? I mean, I have Corinth on the brain cause I was just there and I, I just, I saw all these statues. Plus she's basically I, saying, Hey, I'll take the crumbs. Well, right. You know? Well, right. But I saw these statues and I saw this when I, now that when I read Corinthians, I'm like, I, 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 I see, I see the problem. But you got to remember over 90 times in the book of first Corinthians, he brought up Jesus being Lord over 90. You say, what was their problem? I think they had a surrendering problem <laughs> to the Lord. So I, I just think it's significant that three times she 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 had that right which is what Jesus was trying to accomplish cuz the whole reason you get to the next chapter which is kind of a pivotal chapter when there when he's like who do you say I am lord's a good answer right the son of god you know right mm-hmm. and and like i said he he's i think he's setting some precedent here in two ways one is what what people would view as an exception, if you're God, there's really no such thing as an exception because you're going to do what you're going to do. So he decided to cast the demon out because this woman had great faith. Yeah, he's the son of God; he can do whatever he wants to. It doesn't. He still had his plan in place about how he was going to go about it, and the plan went just like he said it was. It was it was mostly Jewish until yep. then. It was Gentiles. Yep. And it went out everywhere. And Jay's mentioned before about the woman at the well. That was another instance where, you know, she's in Samaria, which is another. You no, know, he didn't stop and say, well, uh, really, I have to reach, reach out to the Jews. And I mean, right now you're out. Right. I mean, no, no. And there had been others. You remember there was a, there was a, we had already looked at a, a, a centurion Remember, it was, it was a Roman oh, that yeah, exactly. he had healed his son. So there had been other exceptions along the way. Yep. But he still had Well, I think the these are love moments. You know? right. I, and I think there are also moments you had to plant the seed that this is going to be for everybody. Right. So which is why, because here his 12 are all Jews. And I think they were all Jews, right? Mm-hmm. The chosen 12, yeah. yeah. So that that's going to be a problem because you're, you're going to tend to gravitate toward your own but oh, I will you say, you remember Peter not associating in Galatia. He wasn't wasn't associated. He struggled with it. Even well, with it. and we would have had the same problem. Right. That's I it. Mean, we, I was he kind of about, gathered up his Jewish buddies and some of them Gentiles. You know, I don't know about this bunch. You know, well, like, which is why I said I don't like big cities, but I just went to one for the love of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> but to say that I went there on a vacation, no. If I'd have gone on a vacation, I'd never set foot in that city. 
I'd have been on the outskirts the whole time and would have had a way <laughs> more eating, wonderful eating time. fish at the little fish restaurant. Well, I told him, I was like, look, if I ever come back, you know where to find me. I'll be down here on this beach. <laughs> where they had good good fish. That's Yeah, and I was going to look into getting a boat around here and go out there and catch my own fish. But, you know, to show you that the disciples were understanding, you remember when at the end of John, he was right at the end and he was in the temples and, I mean, he was just another week or two from dying. And you remember there was a situation where some Gentiles came in, and he's in the outer courts of the temple. So, I mean, they're really pressing their luck here. And he said, and they some Gentiles came, they wanted to see him, they wanted to hear him. But two of the disciples, I can't remember which two it were, was, they took the Gentiles to him. And I've always thought about that. Even then, they were starting to get it. Like, you know what? Maybe this is bigger than just us. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, to me, you see those little moments of growth that got them where they needed. Well, to that's what I was going to bring up about this idea referring to him as Lord. You know, in Peter's first sermon, when he got down to verse 36, he said, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. I mean, now it's just understood at this point he's referring to him as Lord. And in the Corinthian letter, Paul, when he got to the end of 1 Corinthians 16, he said, if anyone does not love the Lord, a curse be on him, come, O Lord. And it's the same emphasis about recognizing as Lord of all. Right. Yeah, which is really good. Yeah, because the next verse, the final verse in Corinthians says, my love to all of you in Christ Jesus, which, I mean, not only... It reminds me of that verse that says, you know, God is in all and through all. And, you know, for I think that's Ephesians uh, 4. But same principle. He's He's Lord of all. He loves everyone. That trickles down to us. Well, and I think the two greatest ironies are from, from what happens with the Gentiles later is that one, Peter uh, was sent to, for the first time, to share the gospel with Cornelius, which opened the doorway for you know, all these early Gentiles to come into the church. And then the bigger one, even than that was the irony that the Pharisee of Pharisees, Paul, Saul would become yeah. the one who, but would even that, even that we're so ra- racially divided and prejudiced that he still had to give a sign to show that they could receive the Holy spirit. He had to do yeah. a miracle. Right. And cause people just, they just weren't going to accept it unless they saw a supernatural act. That's pretty sad about That's humanity. Really sad. Yeah. Which is what we need now. But you say, well, we have Jesus, and the same mission is accomplished because once people experience Jesus, that's what tears down racial and prejudicial walls. That's what the world, they attack us you know, for being in Jesus, but that's what they fail to realize, that what they're trying to accomplish in trying to bring all races and cultures together. I mean, Jesus did perfectly and he did it in love, yeah. which is what will make it last. Yeah. Cause all the other stuff won't last. Won't last. I mean, if you try to make it just about laws or about rights or about you know, all the stuff that we've tried to make it, we're in, we're in as bad a shape today as we've been since I mean, the civil al- war. It's almost the world is like, it's like the idea of it is the mission. Yeah. That's, that's all they talk about. Right. Everything is, we have to stop and take notice of our differences. Well, that's not success. No. That's a distraction. Right. When, well, we, when we reach a, a phase where those things are not noticed because of the greater unity in love, right. 
and I think Christ Jesus is the greatest example of that. I mean, that's when you've truly beaten it. That's right. Let's uh, take our last break. <clears throat> well, that's why I mentioned, Jason, my sermon Sunday, that division is the greatest way to to have tyranny over people. If you can keep people divided in many, many areas where they can't unify in one voice, then a small number can control a large number oh, because they're all splintered and divided. I mean, that's I mean, that's what the evil one, that's his tactic. You know? I was just in a place where 22 different countries had come together in Jesus and you know, was there a week and were we unified? Yes. I mean, we had all these countries who have actually warred against each other in the same room. Yeah. With me over in countries that typically Americans detest and abhor. Right. But we were all there for a common ground. And after a while, I didn't know where they were from because they were from different places. And it didn't matter. And it, it didn't matter. Yeah. And they, now everybody knew I was from just because they tried to imitate me talking oh, yeah. so <laughs> slow and. <laughs> The Southern yeah. accent, Southern U.S. accents, they're, they're, they're a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Because most people talk really fast, mm -hmm. but we don't. Why is it? I don't know, but I know this. I would say like two sentences, and then my interpreter would say like a paragraph. <laughs> and I'd say, hey, fella, <laughs> are you adding to you know to what i'm saying and he went yes but it's good <laughs> <laughs> so you were just basically giving him sermon ideas that's what that's, that's what, what was kinda, happening there but he said yeah i mean because i was trying to get the the general idea of what you're you saying. know the hardest thing for me jace all the times i've spoken in other countries and cultures is that i'm kind of a I'm kind of a you know pop culture person. Like me mentioning Karen Sunday, we were talking about that in the in the sermon, and you and Missy not know what I was talking about. But that's kind of my style. But you know, you go into another culture where you don't know anything about it, mm -hmm. and when you're speaking to them, I you don't know how to make any reference to anything like this. So I have to totally change my style of presentation. Well, you have to when, having Karina for a few years helped me because when we were. You'd say yeah. stuff and she would have no idea. Well, Al, I, I realized <laughs> that I would say 80% of everything I say is some sort of idiom. That's right. Because she, I mean, it's just things you wouldn't think about. You're like, I mean, I'm up to here with this. She's looking just blank or, what is or you know, you better pull the plug on that. Pull plug. Pull, plug <laughs> is there pull. a plug? <laughs> but, uh, she, she don't, that doesn't translate. Yeah. So after a while, I just couldn't talk to her. I was like, I got, I gotta, I gotta learn just to speak in sentences without illustrations. So then I just got into that mode. I had no idioms when I did that one sermon, none. Yeah. And so he's like, that, that was easier than I thought. I was like, well, I just, I didn't. I think it takes out being funny and all, but right. they kept laughing. I'm not sure what they were laughing. <laughs> <laughs> they were laughing at you, Jace. They were, they were. I think so, and I said it's okay because that <laughs> this Afghan he kept saying. I was like, oh, I don't understand. And he was like, "You funny." <laughs> I said, "I got that." <laughs> Just but your way about. I you, guess man. you know. I'm not because I had no illustrations and no idioms. It was and mainly just a lot of scripture. Yeah. That's what I have to, so, I, I figured, that's what I wound up having to do as I was like, 
they'll get Bible. I just have to give it to them. But it's just out of my comfort zone because it's not usually the way I present. So and you have to over-explain. It's like when I said, I asked the three questions. I went to Acts 17. We were in Athens, so I thought, why not? Three questions. How'd you get here? But instead of just saying, how'd you get here? Because here may be up to the interpretation. Right. So I would say, how did you get on the earth? Yeah. What are you doing on the earth? I mean, because I, I, you have to be specific because here, like us, you know, we hear with our ears and then we're here. Well, they have the same kind of problems in their language. And then he's trying to say, pick, it's like, how many words are there for love in the Greek language? Five, four or five? Yeah, about five. So which one are we talking about? Because they're completely different. If you talk about agape love, which is mostly what you see in the New Testament, that's a whole different concept than I love fried chicken, you know, or I love. Well, it's like me. I love I, my dog. I was stupid. And, well, because I thought, I wish I knew a word, you know. I finally found Bravo, which was great, because I could say that in any situation or most, because <laughs> I wanted to say something. But this waitress come out, and she's like, basically, how did you like it? And I, I said, agape, because I knew that. That's the wrong word. <laughs> She's looking at me like I'm making a move on her, you know. <laughs> this is like, they're different words for love, Chase. <laughs> so I was like, well, at least you didn't go eros, because that, that's the that's the really Well, I just I thought, okay, you got a good point. And uh, so then I, then I asked her, that's where I come up with Bravo. I said, what's your favorite Greek word? And she said, bravo. I said, that's it. That's what I'm going with. Because, you know, you're constantly yeah. getting coffee and, and I mean, I'd sip it. Which, by the way, Phil, you this coffee over there, this is your coffee. It Everywhere. No, it was terrible. That's why you would love it. It, <laughs> that's a, it, it was the good. strongest no. coffee. And it stains the cup. Lumpy and chewy. Mm. I mean, just, but it tasted about, like. I don't know about the. Chili. Well, there was a couple of cups that I had that I was like, "Whoa, this has got creatures in Chase, it." Chase, they were giving you what is left over over the last four or five days. But it was the strongest. I had to back down. I started asking for American coffee. That means a filter was involved, and then that was. But that was too weak. But I couldn't drink. I couldn't the drink this. Stuff. Just yeah, I said first place. I was like, yeah, give me, give me a cup of coffee, strong. Don't ask that. <laughs> Undrinkable. That's right. I just sift a little bit of it, and I immediately started shaking. I was like, wow. <laughs> but you know they're known for that all through that oh, region. I mean, there's there's, there's, that, there's a coffee shop every twenty yards. Right. So if you 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 could do that. But I mean, I'll tell you this: word of warning, it'll blow right through you. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Then you start having some other issues. Exactly. Well, travel travel's not easy. I mean, it's it's hard. But you know, I think about it with us, it's so it's hard for us to complain because we can get on a plane and fly over there. Can you imagine if you had to get on one of those boats? You know, and it was months of travel. You read about some of Paul's exploits mm. and acts. You're thinking, you know. I mean, it's hard for us, and you know, being American. But I, I brought that up. But I mean, to me, this was Jesus's mission trip to his disciples. I mean, he basically took a mission trip, yep, and he, he showed them one instance. Yeah, because mission trips they do have a profound effect on you. Which I mean, that was the point of the woman at the well, too. No doubt about it. Same thing. 
But I, I got the same sensation. I mean, it made me glad. I mean, I was way more positive about America. Makes you appreciate home. When I got back, which yeah. everybody's like, hey, this place is, I'm like, yeah, but just trust me. It could be it worse. It could be worse. But let's just, let's just siphon that for a second. It could be worse because I just saw worse. I mean, that was You worse. had the same feeling I always have. It makes me appreciate home, but it also makes me appreciate brothers and sisters wherever I go. Because yeah. their passion, just like Jay's described, these people coming out of these terrible situations in their own country and culture, and yet they're so in love with Jesus that they'll risk their life to, to let I others mean, it's know. Next I mean, that, level. that's these, inspiring. These people that I was with, I mean, some of them may not be here because they're going, they're, they have decided to go back to their country and go public for Jesus, which means instantaneous death if they're caught. You know? You just got to tip your hat and say, wow. Yeah. I mean, to make, nobody like tried to get them to do it. That's just what they decided they were going to do. But I've noticed the biggest reason why is because most of them are shocked they're alive anyway. I mean, just their journey to get out of there, That's right. they almost all lost their life. Every story that we heard, there was two things I, I noticed noticeable. They almost died, and they all had some kind of dream about searching God or, you know, just in their most miserable state. And I mean, I hate to bring up something so crazy at the end, but I did notice that. They all were just laying there one night and just said, you know, they had a dream that, you know, God God was real or he was pursuing them. And they're like, I need, and so they started seeking godly things, which led them to this refugee camp where here's this guy, you know, from Oklahoma sharing Jesus, being good to them. So this is crazy. God spoke through dreams before. Why wouldn't he yeah. again? So well, I tell you before. this: in the same area, still going on today, and thank God for it. I love it. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else. Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.